Morphin Legacy presents The Grid. Howdy, Ranger Nation. This is Shatteray22, Vice President of MorphinLegacy.com, welcoming to episode 156 of The Grid, which we have titled The Drummer. Yeah. Because there's some drama in an episode. It's Am tea. I the drama? Oh, God. Speaking of TikTok sounds I'm tired of. Joining me in this episode is Austin. Hi. And Amber. Greetings and salutations. But before we get into today's news, we'd all like to remind you to follow us on Twitter at the PR and check out our link tree for a master list of all the places you can find us. And with that, let's go ahead and get this shit started. So, starting off with Morphin Legacy announcements. Morphin Legacy's Megazords of the Month for December are the Megazords from Power Rangers Dino Thunder. Be sure to check out the Dino Thunder Zord section in the Morphin Legacy database, and you can watch the Throwback Thursday clips on the Morphin Legacy YouTube channel. Alrighty, so on to the news. The new. The new. There's no news, just the new. There's literally one thing of news... Which is pretty much the reason why we haven't had an episode in a month. Because there's a few factors to this. Like one, seasonal depression hit hard. Period. She's still hitting. And two, there's no news. But there's episodes we gotta review. So we gotta get something out (laughs) this month. So We just didn't want to blow our load. Never. We still got eight episodes of Dino Fury to review left. So we gotta get something out for you guys. So let's talk about it. It's actually movie news. Quote unquote. In some article, executive at Hasbro mentioned that multiple connected TV series and films produced by Jonathan Entwistle, who is directing the first Power Rangers movie, will be streaming exclusively on Netflix. So yeah, these aren't going to the movie theaters. These are going straight to Netflix. Cool. Easy accessibility for literally everyone. It'll reach a wider audience. My only takeaway from this really was, then why the fuck did y'all take off pretty much the whole franchise? off of Netflix. Saban signed old contracts, so those had to go. They didn't just all disappear the moment that Hasbro took over. Sign new ones! Yeah, that's probably what they did, but they had elapsed time, so that's when Netflix pulls stuff. Guys, Netflix pulls stuff constantly. If it's not something that they directly make, they don't promote it. It pulls. It goes on and off. They just pulled Glee. They're pulling Saint Seiya after they put in a bunch of money to dub 144 episodes of an anime. Are you serious? Yeah, they're pulling it on December 4th. It's been popular all over the world except for the States because it's kind of got short shafted here. And I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And then they're like, oh, hey, it's gone the 14th. And I was like, this is a brand new fucking dub that you got just because you made a CGI version of the show you were trying to promote. They produced a dub? They produced a brand new dub because the whole last season never got dubbed in America because there was a really edited dub that was done really back in the day and it was trash. They edited out all the blood and violence. So it's a Sailor Moon thing. It was. It got treated a lot the same way, even though the show's older. It's like from 86. But I've just been kind 
of hyper-focusing on it. And I'm just like, it's the same thing. They spent all this money to do it and they're just pulling it. So that's the only worry I have from this is Netflix getting over it and then just pulling shit. I just find it weird that, like Austin said earlier, they made this deal with Netflix to stream Dino Fury exclusively for season two. Mm -hmm. And now this TV series and films in plural, it's the same year they took off most of Power Rangers on Netflix. So it's like, where's your cross promotion? They might pull it back when the new season airs, though. I don't know what they're doing. Their YouTube channel is dropping like 10 new episodes a week. That's stupid. They're like on Zio now or something. Yeah, but some people prefer to, to stream things on Netflix because there's no ads. Exactly. I mean, I think kids don't have ads, but also different accessibilities and options to view. Subtitles. They weren't uploading the theme songs and the... Spanish language. Stuff like that. They're doing the theme songs and ending credits now after people started bitching about it. That's like half the fun of the fucking show my guy but i feel like they also did this deal with netflix because they didn't want to risk trying to make a movie in the theaters because the 2017 movie bombing was essentially the reason why saban sold the franchise to Hasbro. well maybe that was just because it wasn't as great as a movie as everyone says it is controversial opinion it's a fine movie but when like you think it. about it it's not as good as you think it is i liked it that's good there's a lot to critique, but it's not the epitome of cinema. Trini saying or something is not a queer person on screen. My family is so normal. Too normal. I'm sorry. That kind of stuff's not going to cut it. And it was kind of groundbreaking three years ago, which is kind of fucked up. But we actually have a fucking gay ranger. So fuck off. Openly in the show has a girlfriend's. Yeah. Falls are her girlfriends. You could never. In the TV show. We're not here for crumbs anymore. But yeah, the 2017 no. movie, it's an okay movie. Some people overblow it. Twitter does that every couple of weeks. Has to be like, y'all slept every on this movie. Sleeping on this movie. I saw it four times in theaters. Was that sleeping? I saw it seven. Like, I didn't sleep on shit. I saw it twice in the theaters, and I barely see movies in the theaters, period. Ray doesn't leave the house. He sees a movie like once every five years. It's a hot house flower. It needs to be at home. Home and I love him for it. But it's okay. It's okay. But yeah, the movie was fine, but it's like, honey. But at least it being on Netflix will make it easily accessible and we can just get on that review immediately. Exactly. Sometimes things bomb in the theaters and do better outside Rocky Horror, you know, and sometimes flops are flops. It's okay to like a movie that flops. It's harder nowadays for a movie to do well in theaters and that's not even last dual bullshit. It's just because people go to trusted brands usually because it's a lot of money to go see a movie in a theater. Somebody was doing math about this if you think about it some areas the cheapest you could go was $11 what about popcorn what if you're bringing the family if you're for example this was a quote-unquote family movie those make sense it's not necessarily people are missing out on it it's maybe people not buying it at going to a theater and seeing it yeah even before COVID if you weren't a Marvel movie a Star Wars movie a DC movie something tattered to like a big blockbuster franchise you're not gonna make money especially if you have competition like another reason why the Power Ranger movie bombed was because it was going up against Beauty and the Beast's live action movie which made over a billion dollars in the box office mm -hmm. and the thing is too is there's not as many smaller theaters around anymore it gets all these big chains and these big chains kind of decide what gets played back in the day you could have a movie open up on 400 screens or be really popular at smaller theaters at least get chances to be seen maybe open in one theater for example like halloween opened in one theater in kansas city and then slowly they moved to other theaters that stuff doesn't really happen anymore because you don't have smaller theaters willing to take risks i used to have a movie theater in bayonne but they don't have that one and that closed recently 
going. I'd have to go all the way to like Elizabeth or something to go see that movie. Exactly. It's an evolving environment. So it's interesting to see how it plays out. They're just trying to figure out how they can monetize it and make money off of it. So it's just going to be growing pains for a while until they figure out how to make money off of stuff. The future is streaming and that's where the show is going to and the new TV show connected to the films. And they'll figure out how to make it easier for people to watch and not charge them an arm and leg if they want to prevent piracy. Yeah. Tangent done. All right. So that's our new <laughs> segment. Can't say news because it's literally one thing. See, that's why we got on the tangent. So at least we beefed it out. Yeah, we beefed it out a little bit. We got a few minutes out of it. Alrighty. So on to the reviews with episode 15 and 16 of... Up first is Storm Surge, written by Maya Thompson and directed by Chris Graham. On to the brief synopsis, this is. Javi teams up with Ollie for his next Buzz Blast assignment, but he's late because Ollie, of course, gets distracted by some new tech because Ollie's just being Ollie with his tech. Jane then gives him a new assignment, which is... (laughs) <laughs> which is to interview someone that knows about a weird storm forming over Pine Ridge Bay. Ollie then goes to see his mom, Dr. Akana, who is tracking said storm with her sub-drone. Slyther overhears this and uses his shape-shifting abilities to steal her check to obtain the cause of this weird storm, which is revealed to be the Gold Ranger! <laughs> oh my god! So on to character focus and elements. Up first, Ollie's technology fetish. These babies arrived in the store today, so I had to pick them up. Seriously, dude? So instead of helping me, you were buying new headphones? Hey, these are noise canceling, solar rechargeable, and they would have sold out. Girl, uh... Ollie, staying on brand this episode, continues his obsession with the latest technology like he did when they went camping in... What was that episode called? I don't remember. To the extent of him breaking promises and kind of being a dick. So first off, he's late showing up to Buzz Blast after he promised to help Javi with an assignment, which was to make an onion-pickle hybrid? Disgusting. Funyun or something. No, it was a Funyun. Oh, a Punyun? Oh. Yeah, I thought that name was really funny. I thought he said funny that makes more sense so he could pick up a new pair of headphones yeah these are my new headphones they're totally different from the ones i got two days ago aren't they sway and then he shades his mother for having an old and slow computer and would get her a new one the one he won from mr wiz but of course that's up being a chat by slyther speaking of that computer while javi tries to interview him about the storm which he volunteered to give instead of his mother because he strips like oh my mom's too busy you should interview me and i won't get distracted at all by the interview or anything so javi He's trying to interview him and then he gets distracted. So while he's being interviewed, he gets distracted by how many gumballs is in the machine so that he ends up flubbing the interview, which is live, by the way. So he can't really take a take two. And he doesn't really seem remorseful about it after either because Javi's like, you ruined my interview, dude. And it's like, oh, but I got this good laptop guy. I mean, he does eventually and gives Javi his new headphones as an apology. Overall, I kind of hope this doesn't end up being a shriek because when it comes with Ollie and tech, it just gets... It's annoying. And he gets really douchey. Please don't just lean on this as a crunch. Granted, there's nothing they can do now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like the show's over. It's too late. But I just hope coming up that we don't get more of that. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I like Ollie as a character, so I just hope he doesn't become a recurring thing that he just becomes douchey with tech. Because he was kind of douchey with tech in that first episode, but it was kind of framed as everyone else being in the wrong for not trusting with the tech. But this episode is the opposite. He's in the wrong for trusting in his tech, giving me mixed signals here so is ollie having tech right or wrong i guess it depends on how he uses it Alrighty, up next is dr akana's comeback find anything 
Well, the sub drone's still scouring the floor of the bay. She's doing her best, but it'll take a while on my old gal. Queen. She hasn't been here for a minute. She hasn't been here since episode two. That's crazy. So yeah, she comes back to help Ollie with his Buzz Blast assignment, which is the storm she is coincidentally tracking. Also, the weird thing about this is that Javi comes up with the idea to be like, oh, maybe I should interview your mom. But Ollie's like, no, 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 no. She's too busy. Let me interview her for you. And then she can interview me with the stuff I got from her. I feel like it would have been easier if he just interviewed her. Her Technology would then be stolen, not the last time this happens, wink, and will be used to bring the Gold Ranger Stasis Pod to shore and wakes him up. Thanks, Dr. A. She also has a cute moment at the end of the episode where she's recapping events of the team and they all try to act surprised because it's like, yeah, we totally weren't there. We didn't see the whole thing. We didn't witness this stuff. Alrighty, so on to Mr. Wiz. Introducing our generous guest who has a brain teaser for us. Why, thank you, Miss Jane. Hello, teens! I'm Mr. Wiz with a special bubblegum challenge. So Slyther, in order to obtain Dr. Kana's subdrome, disguises himself as Mr. Wiz, some random dude in a powder blue suit, giving away a new laptop, an X-335. Hmm. Is that an in-space reference? How is that an in-space reference? When they morph, they do the let's rocket, and then they press three, three, five. Oh! Maybe? I didn't even catch that. With all the other nods they've been doing, though, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised if it was a little nod, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good reference. It's not like an in-your-face reference, or it's not like you're trying too hard reference. But I just wanted to mention that. All right, so yeah, he announces this contest on Buzz Blast before Javi interviews Ollie. And he's like, well, everyone guess how many gumballs are in this glass jar? Wouldn't the laptop. That's stupid. Even if he guessed wrong, I'm sure if Ollie just said it's random number you're like yeah you're correct absolutely right because the whole point of this was ollie getting get to dr akana so he could use it to steal the sub drone but fun fact about this disguise the king himself campbell cooley played mr wiz who also voices slither king the second i heard his voice i'm like oh that's campbell cooley no doubt he also has a cute little moment after he gives the laptop to ollie you kind of see him like lurking behind a wall he's like hmm it's in the episode graphic so you'll know what i mean if you see the graphics so yeah subtle so on to the gold ranger kind of wow uh, a gold ranger could it be where did he come from uh I don't know. So after some subtle foreshadowing, as in the first episode, we kind of see him hiding behind the other rangers. And the Nexus Prism looking for something in Pine Ridge Bay in episode eight. We finally get the big reveal of the Gold Ranger, sort of. Why I guess was powering up, which caused the storm to happen in the middle of the bay and gets brought to shore with Dr. Akana's subdrome. He arrives to help the Dino Fear Rangers to fight and destroy the water-themed sporks with his electric-themed power-up, because we all know water is weak to to electricity. Thanks, Pokemon! <laughs> we also get some subtle tension between him and Zato, which will be explained in the next episode. Am I gonna ship them? We'll find out! Am I gonna get red and gold shipping? Because you know how I feel about red and gold shipping as long as they're not siblings! <laughs> right. Alrighty, so on to the Sporks Beast of the Week, Tide Mayor. Hey, you don't belong here, fish out of water. I'm no fish, but I'm full of water! Have a drink on me! 
voiced by Richard Simpson, who was also the voice of Keeper. Keeper? Tidemare would be used by Slyther and Mikas to fight the Dinofury Rangers with his water abilities, while they used Dr. Akana's subdrone to bring the Gold Ranger shore. The Dinofury Rangers would have difficulty fighting this, but thankfully the Gold Ranger is freed from his stasis pod and takes down the water-themed Sporks beast. His Sporks is taken by the Dinofury Rangers, making the Sporks tally Dinofury Ranger 7, Void Knight 6. <laughs> Alrighty, so on to characters. First up is Zaddy Zato. Zato kind of gives so long compliments after she tracks Slyther and Mucus's location by saying, So glad you're not extinct. Yeah, Solon, so happy you're not freaking dead. What a compliment. Some days that's the best compliment you can receive. He also has some tension with the new Gold Ranger, which will be explained next episode. On to Amelia Bedelia. Amelia has some witty banter with the Sporks piece and says, You power losers are in deep water now! Really? Because you seem kind of shallow. We talked about Ollie. We talked about Javi. Queen Izzy doesn't do anything. Solon locates the pot, I guess. So on to the queens, Jane and Jayborg. First up, Jane, after rejecting Javi's onion pickle hybrid. Onion. Which she admits will change the hamburger business forever. Jane gives Javi a new assignment, which is to track down that storm. She also has a funny line after Javi doesn't vibe with his new story by saying, For real? I'm covering weather? Um, hello, super awesome weird weather. I just put this here because of the hello part. That just makes you laugh really hard. Hello! She also has another funny moment during Javi's interview where she's mimicking gestures. Icon. Speaking of Icon, let's talk about the other half of this duo, Jayborg. Jayborg has an amazing video dive for Plus Plus at the beginning of the episode, which is literally watching paint dry. Jayborg would also end the episode with shenanigan by blowing a big-ass bubble with the gumball slive, I mean, Mr. Whistlef. And of course, it pops with hilarity ensuing. All right, so nothing from Miss Void Knight this episode because she's not in it. So let's talk about baby mucus. My baby. When Slyther is using Dr. Akana's sub drone to get whatever is in Piner's Bay, Mika says she wants to build a sand castle and Slyther says later. I hope Mikas did get to build that sand castle. Alrighty, so on to final thoughts. As a big defender of Ollie, even I have to admit he was kind of a douche this episode. <sighs> the worst. So fucking pretentious when it comes to tech. Dude, I get it. I get it. Shut up. Even at the expense of his own friendship, you pick getting headphones after helping your friends with a job that you said okay to? I'm sorry, but I know shiny things are very enticing, but when you make a commitment to someone you gotta follow that commitments if you're a good friend and you care about that person and the thing is that he didn't just fuck over javi once this episode he fucked him over twice the nerve kind of brushed off that first one was like oh headphones and then the second one was like oh a new computer i will admit that it was kind of cute to see him all happy about the computer but it's not fun at the expense of screwing over your friends we had a solid gold ranger introduction this episode there's some foreshadowing and i do like that he was introduced later in the season because literally every dix ranger in this past 10 years have been introduced episode 8 every 
fucking time. It's like the same episode, same episode number. It's right before the hiatus, which is usually episode eight, except for Antonio, which was kind of introduced later in the season, like 12 or 13 or something. Yeah, but Robo Knight was introduced in episode eight of Mega Force. Orion was introduced in episode seven of Super Mega Force. Ivan was introduced in episode 10 of Dino Charge. Levi was introduced in episode seven of Ninja Steel. And Nate, though he was introduced in episode one, became a ranger in episode eight and Steel was created, introduced and became a ranger episode 8 Beast Morphers. So yeah, it was nice to change a trend. I guess they wanted to make it a big way to end the hiatus by introducing Ranger, but they didn't really need to do that anymore. No. It was nice to see Dr. Akan again. Her tech was a great help to release the Gold Ranger from the Stasis body, and it won't be the last time Dr. Akana's techs will be helped to the Dino Fury Rangers. And lastly, it was also nice to see Jean and Jborg again after them not really doing anything for a few episodes. Like in the Halloween episode, all they did was hang a banner in that episode. And that's all they did. And not even with hilarity ensuing after that. They just hung a banner. That's it. Amazing. Perfect. Beautiful. Wonderful. Never the same. But yeah, that episode was okay. It was fun. It was, I mean... It was fine. I can't wait till the next episode. That was just kind of like, okay, Ollie's kind of a butthole. Yeah, I didn't really enjoy the Ollie the butthole stuff, but I did like the Gold Ranger stuff. I liked Slither's Mr. Wiz. I like Jane and Jayborg, of course, but this, this episode is the reason why we call this episode the drama. Oh my god. Did not see this shit coming at all. Me neither, and I see everything coming. <laughs> yeah, Ray literally calls every twist in any movie or show that exists, but he didn't call this. I did not see this coming. Watching some thing with him is so frustrating because he always calls the twist like way before it happens but this he didn't watching trick-or-treat the first time i called every twist before it came and trick-or-treat has like 10 twists or something he called every single one that ass so annoying Alrighty, so let's talk about it episode 16 ancient history not to be confused with rpm's ancient history which also revealed a twist to a character <laughs> RPM's ancient history actually revealed to Colonel Truman that Dr. K created Vengex. So yeah, kind of similar premises for a similar title. So yeah, this was written by Guy Langford and directed by Caroline Belbooth. So yeah, female director in the house. Woo, woo, woo. Onto the brief synopsis this is. The Gold Ranger arrives at Dino Hinge, revealing himself to be one of the Knights of Rathcon named Ion, and reveals some tea about Rathcon and Zato. After this bombshell, Ion suggests that he becomes the leader of the team, and Zato agrees until Ion has some trouble leading the team while fighting a new Sporks bot named Wreckme. But all ends well when Ion finds the Moza Razor Zord, diverts leadership back to Zato, and the two become friends again. Alrighty, so on to character focus and elements. Ion, the Gold Ranger. Heads up, folks. We have a visitor. What's he doing here? Thought I'd drop in and say hi. Ion, the Gold Ranger, and one of the Knights of Rathcon shows up at Dino Hange, sporting modern-day clothing, so I assumed he went to an old navy before coming to Dino Hinge. That was kind of weird. That, and also like, Zato's endless money. These are the questions we ask. Not important ones. Here's where the Morphin Masters came from. Where did Zato get that money? He reveals some interesting tidbits about Rafcon's past and how he was freed from the stasis pod. The Nexus Prism found him in Pine Ridge Bay, and the Green Morphin Master teleported to and woke up him, warning him about 
about Lord Zed. Hmm, wonder if he'll be back next season. We'll see. He then suggests he becomes leader after Zato's past mistakes and him messing up in a fight against Mika's. He slips on some fish oil, but that doesn't last long after Ion feels the pressure of being leader and obtains the Moserazor Resort to take down Wreckmate. The two make up and their moment ends in a Jaytonio-esque homoerotic sparring session. So yeah, Amber, do you ship? I can ship it! They're not siblings! I can ship it! Fuck! Finally! I've had a dry spell with red and golds! I feel alive. When was the last time you had your red and gold dynamic? It's been a while because I couldn't definitely ship it a Beast Morphers at all. And then I would have died before Ninja Steel. Absolutely not. So I think it was Dino Charge? Yeah, Dino Charge. I mostly shipped Tyler Shelby, but I could jiggy with Ivan and Tyler like I'm not mad at that they did have that episode where they were kind of like at odds with each other because they had the same jacket alrighty so let's talk about the dark history of Rafcon your people made the Sporex the Sporex beasts were supposed to fight with us to protect our planet but I knew the people in charge hadn't done enough testing Zato could have stopped it but he didn't so Ion spills some fucking tea about Rafcon this episode. Apparently an evil force was heading to Rafcon. So the High Council of Raskine decided to unleash the Sporex Beast to help fight this evil. And they ended up evil somehow. So yeah, Rafcon created the Sporex. That is tea. That is tea. Which legit shocked me because you know me. Like I said before, I call everything. I did not see this coming. I thought they were going to reveal the Sporex creator of the sporks next season and he was gonna be that boss from Bruce soldier or they were gonna use a villain from Bruce soldier and he was gonna be like i was the creator of the sporks but no rafcon themselves unleashed the sporks onto the world drama and there's the whole flashback scene and it is so well directed and so well written and so well acted and the whole scene emotes drama too because you hear the music swelling as the sporks are summoned but speaking of Zato, let's talk about him and his guilt. Thank you for the quote, Solon. You're so good to me. Don't mention it. I should have told you about the Sporex. Owning up to mistakes never comes easy. So I understand why you didn't. So from the time Ion is introduced, Zato has had a chip on his shoulder and the tension between the two continues when it's revealed that Rafcon were the ones who created Sporks. Something Zato never mentioned to his team. So we learn why he never told that to him because it was his final call as to whether or not the Sporks were to be released. And Zato said yes. So Zato is the main reason why the Sporks beast destroyed Rafcon. It's not the main reason. Pretty bang. It was one of the major benefactors. He had the final say as to whether or not and you could see in the flashback Solon says later when we get there that it makes sense I get it it's the whole lesson of the episode it's beautiful actually so Zato had the final say and then you could see the guilt once Ion shows up because Ion straight out fights Zato gay 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 Okay. There's tension in the air and Zato's off his game after fucking up a fight. So he decides to relinquish his leadership to Ion because Ion comes in and saying like, bitch, I'll join you as long as I'm leader. And then at first they were like, eh, you know, Zato's our leader. He's doing a good job. And then he fucks up with a fight against Mucus of all people. When you fuck up in a fight against Mucus, you know you're off your game. So yeah, he gives his leadership to Ion. And then Ion feels the pressure of having the power. So there's 
perspective there where Ion sees the pressure and weight of being the leader. And I guess he kind of sees how hard it was to decide whether or not to unleash the beasts. Unleash the beasts, that's last season. Unleash the Sporgs beasts. <laughs> so yeah, he sees the pressure and weight of being the leader and making that call. And Zato learns that he must take his teammates' opinions to heart when it comes to making the risky decisions. So yeah, everyone learned something this episode, I guess. Lessons learned. Da -dun -dun -dun. Alrighty, so on to the Sporks please slash monster of the week, because it's not really a Sporks piece, it's more of a bot. Wreckmates! Ahoy, mateys! No tell me! Who runs this ship? Voiced by John Lee. So yeah, Wreckme is a Sporgs bot created by Mikas and Slyther from a stolen speedboat. His main objective is to destroy the Moser Razor Zord before the Dino Fury Rangers find it. After some shenanigans with Mikas, he grows giant and gives the Dino Fury Rangers a good fight until he's presumably destroyed by the Moser Razor Zord battle mode. I say presumably because we see Wreckme in a season two clip shown at Hasbro Pulse, so I guess he's revived somehow. Not sure how but he did so before we move on wreckmates created from a ship so three guesses as to what kind of voice they give him Yar. ahoy matey they give him a pirate voice because he's a ship so of course you gotta make him talk like a pirate every day is national talk like a pirate day to him i do like it actually it's a good voice so there's no change on the sporks tally so it's still dino fury range 7 void knight 6 or 5 since gave the sporks to work main and he's gone somewhere Alrighty, so on to characters zato talked about him already Amelia Bedelia. Amelia actually seemed to be the only one angry that Zato didn't tell them about Rafcon being the ones to create the Sporks Beast. When she finds this out, she's like, You could have stopped the Sporks Beast from ever existing, and you didn't tell us? Alrighty, so on to Ali Polly. So Ali begins the episode by making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but he isn't peanut butter and jealous. Smart boy Ali is also the one that comes up with the conclusion that the location of the Moser Razor Lord might be on his laptop from last episode, concerning it had data from Dr. Akana's research. So good for him. Javi didn't really do anything this episode except stand there and look pretty. That's pretty hard work, though. Yeah, that takes a lot. It does. It's really, really energy zapping to be that pretty all the time. Good on you, Javi Ali. He did a lot. He really carried the episode. On to Izzy Azalea, when Zato and Ion are being tense with each other, Izzy chimes in and says, What's with the down vibes, gang? It's funny because she's saying it, but also it's like that does sound very much like, How do you do, fellow children? Alrighty, so on to So Long, So Long. Solon is happy to see Ion and appreciates his flattering words because she moisturizes. Mama Solon also does a good job of comforting Zato because I think she didn't know that. Rafcon was the one who created the Sporks too. Hmm. They didn't really clarify that. Mm -mm. Regardless, she didn't blame Zato for anything. No. Because I remember in the first episode, Solon mentioned that she had the mechanics all over was because she got injured in a Sporks fight. So you would think she would be a little miffed at him because he's the reason why she got injured in the Sporks beat. But, but also she's been awake for 65 million years. So I feel like that puts shit into perspective. She was just like, I understand. That's a hard thing to admit to so this is not admitting how she feels about it really she's just like i understand 
understand why you did not want to tell anybody. Because, you know, I wouldn't want to fess up to something I fucked up if I was, like, carrying that with me. I think that was a good lesson for kids because, like, sometimes you mess up, you want to hold that in. And that just kind of tells you it's like, yeah, it hurts to let it out because it could be hurtful to people. But it's always good to go ahead and, and let the truth come out because then you can move on from it. And if they forgive, they forgive. If they don't, they don't. And that's okay. Lesson of the day. The truth will set you free. Hallelujah. Jane J. Borg. Don't show up in this episode, unfortunately. Miss Void Knight. <laughs> Zoidon puts one of his sporks inside Rick Mean and orders him to destroy the Moza Razor Zord. That's about it. Void Knight. <laughs> Mr. Freeze. <coughs> Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Onto baby mucus. Oh my gosh. Mucus this episode. Oh my god. So fucking cute. She has two really cute moments. The first one is when she's trying to steal a speedboat to create wreck me. She's equipped with this arrow gun, and every time she fires one of the arrows, she goes. <laughs> that meme of Alyssa Edwards when she was practicing for her Annie get your gun and it's like dangerous uh, woman no. that's that's mucus <laughs> Zeta's kind of shady though when the sporks they tracked was mucus rude cause he's like oh the sporks beast is mucus she's no threat Rude. He does have a point though. Mucus is baby and she's kind of unthreatening, but she's kind of formidable. Like she'll keep coming back. She just keeps you hanging out. So the second thing she does this episode is the best. So when she's in Pine Ridge with Wreckmate, she finds an ice cream cart and adorably piles up an ice cream cone for Wreckmate, and then she's like scooping out flavors. <laughs> I don't be wanting ice cream. Well, uh, okay, what flavors they got? Ooh, yummy chocolate. Ah. Cookies and cream. Ooh. Lime. Ah. Mango. Woohoo! Ooh, <laughs> it looks delicious. Pistachio. Mango. I love it. I love it. I love it. Rigmi does have the fucking nerve to blast Mikas into slime after she accidentally hit him with some ice cream. Fuck you, man. Alrighty, so on to Slyther. He helps steals a speedboat and creates Rigmi. That's about it. So yeah, nothing really from the other members of the cast besides Ion and Zato. So yeah, that's about it for this episode. So on to final thoughts. Ion left a good first impression and he has a really balanced personality because you see him in some moments where he's getting all the serious scenes like the tension-filled scenes with Zato and the flashbacks on Rafcon. He also has some goofball scenes where he grabs Ollie's peanut butter and jelly sandwich and when he rides a plank of wood like a surfboard through that fish oil. His Zord also summons a rainbow when he's outside of water, so gay rights. <laughs> also, one last thing I want to mention is that when Ollie wondered how the Moser Razor Zord was activated due to Ion's ranger energy and needing to spike, he implied it happened when Ion had his heart-to-heart with Zato, so yeah, Seito essentially gave Ion a ranger energy erection. The flashback scenes on Ralphcon were amazing. The music, the acting, the directing, the writing. And Mucus was really cute and funny this episode. Probably one of her best episodes. I love this episode. It was really good. Okay. I got kind of mad at Aeon for a second, then it turned around. You had me going there in the first half. Not gonna lie. All right, so yeah, that's it. That's all we got. <laughs> There's the episode. It's the best we could do with the shit we were given. I'm sorry. Our next episode will probably be after New Year's, episode 157. We'll review the three fillers after this before the last episodes of the finale. And we'll have Christmas commentaries too. You'll have those to enjoy because news is very dry, kind of like your vagina. 
<laughs> Alrighty, so that's the end of the episode. We'll see you next time for an annual new episode of The Grid. But until then, everybody say bye. 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 Uh. This has been a Morphin Legacy production, bitches. <laughs>